Welcome to Farrington's Features, the school podcast where we talk to pupils, staff and to parents to find out more about Farrington School. In this episode, we're getting into poetry in a great way. We're going to hear from Mr. Ben Coulthard in the English department about why poetry is important in school. But importantly, we're also going to hear from five of the pupils, Jasmine, Zoe Lee, Emmy, Kira and Isla, to understand from them how it genuinely makes them feel and why they feel it's important. But then we're in for a real treat as each of our students reads out a selected poem to us live on the podcast so that we can hear the poems and hear what each person thinks of their chosen poem. Now it's a great episode and I think you're going to love it. So come with me as we step into poetry with five pupils from school and Mr Ben Coulthard. So we're here today with Mr Coulthard and with Jasmine, Zoe Lee, Emmy, Kira and Isla. But first of all, we'll start off talking to Mr Coulthard. Hello, Ben. How are you today? I'm very well. And the students are tickled to hear my first name used. Thank you. (laughs) Excellent. So we're going to be talking in this episode about poetry, but I'd, I'd love to just dive straight into this, actually, and understand a bit more about Farrington's as a school and how you go about including poetry into the curriculum. Well, look, I mean, one of the interesting things about poetry by heart is that poetry exists in a traditional way, as you would expect it in the curriculum. You you have war poetry in year nine, you have poems from different cultures in year seven and eight and things like this. But there is a sense in which there's not so much participation through that, through orthodox lessons, uh, and that they urge to make it more uh, something you can be involved with directly Feel is quite keenly felt. That's why it was useful to have a poetry competition uh, and, to, and to think about how we compare the way poems are performed and, and to workshop them. Uh, it makes it much more uh, something you're involved in with yourself. You learn more intensely that way when you are a participant. And you, you just mentioned about different types of poetry. If, if I asked you what your favourite kind of poetry is, what would you say? Me? Good mm. heavens. I am. A, I have a strength with modern poetry, although I do like some Shakespeare, which you're going to hear some of today as well. I am keen on it, partly because I teach it for A-level. And if I may say, actually, that's one of the advantages of doing this. Students' interest is stretched beyond the key stage they belong, belong to and beyond the sort of age group that they're operating in and into really quite mature material sometimes that I think stretches and challenges them. Okay. Well, it's great to hear this from a from a member of staff level, but I'm dying to know what it's like from a student level. So I wonder, first of all, talking to Jasmine. Jasmine, hi, how are you doing today? I'm good, you? Uh, I'm very good indeed, thanks. Very good indeed. Jasmine, which year are you in? I'm in year seven. Year seven. Okay. What, what do you feel are the benefits of poetry at school? So it's always really good to explore different characters characters this could be by different pitches tones and how they have different points of views and like seeing things in a different way to how you would okay so when you talk about exploring characters tell me a bit more about that what, what do you mean exactly you could do this by um saying things in different ways different accents pitches tones and exploring how you feel about things Okay. And tell me how you feel when you're writing poetry poetry, or when you're reading somebody else's poetry. How does it make you feel inside? It makes me feel quite intrigued about how they're thinking to how I would think about something. Because I guess when you read a poem, you, you know, it's trying to understand what the writer was thinking when they wrote it. But then maybe also, I don't know, maybe also taking your own interpretation from it as well. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, we've got Zoe Lee here with us as well. Zoe Lee, how do you feel that poetry is is useful and, and, and a good thing for helping students to express themselves at school? 
Well, it's a real confidence boost and it helps you to feel more free to express yourself. Um, it also helped me meet people that are similar to me and people in older year groups. It also helps me gain comfort when performing because it's like probably helped with all the drama things I do and just makes me feel more comfortable. Do you feel that poetry and drama go quite well together? Yeah, because they're very similar and you need the kind of same aspects with understanding how the um, whatever you're reading is like. Tell me a little bit about drama. What is it about drama that you enjoy there as well? The fact that I can actually express myself and try out different points of view and ways of thinking and like characters. Yeah, no, that, that's good to hear, Zoe Lee. That really is. Uh, well, we've got Emmy with us as well. Um, Emmy, I'm dying to ask you about the Poetry by Heart competition. Uh, just tell us a little bit about what that is, first of all. So basically what it is, is it's a competition that lots of schools do. But um, usually in the first round, um, quite a few people will enter and they have to memorise a poem and perform it in front of our panel of judges, which is our teachers. And then what happens is sometimes we choose a new poem, sometimes we stay with the one that we started with and we record it and send it to the Poetry by Heart Foundation to see if we get into the final round. I see. Right. I understand. So how long are, are, are these poems that, that you need to learn by heart? They can vary from extremely long to really short poems. There's different timelines because there's a website where you choose your poems from. And there's like timelines from the oldest poems to the newest poems. Do you find it quite difficult to, to learn a, a poem by heart or do, do, or do you find it quite easy? At points, it's quite difficult, like the smaller words that you need to remember in certain places are tricky. But I guess in some ways, it's a bit like learning song lyrics. And I mean, I'm, I'm certainly thinking back to when I was a teenager, the idea of learning song lyrics was very, very easy back then. I'm not sure in my 40s, it's quite so easy. But certainly when I was uh, when I was about your age, uh, Emmy, it was it was certainly easier. Um, okay, so we got Kira there with us as well. Uh, Kira, hi, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Great, uh, it's good to talk to you today. Kira, tell me a little bit about how you go about selecting a poem for the competition. So, if we're talking literally, then selecting a poem will consist of going onto the Poetry by Heart website and selecting your age division and choosing two or one poem that you feel suits you best. But if we're talking on a personal side, then I think you have to pick a poem which you feel really speaks to you and you feel you can really connect with and perform well. And what sort of things would, would make a poem be one that would actually connect with you? What sort of things are there, are there in a poem which, which help to connect you with it? I think there's certain aspects in certain types of poems which may hit quite hard on certain people. For instance, I'm not sure if there's any on the Poetry by Heart website, but I understand there's certain poems in older divisions where it touches on sexuality and that might be quite hard hitting for certain people because their sexuality, they may have had a hard time um, coming out to people or being able to understand themselves. No, it's a great answer. That really is, Kira. And Zoe Lee, we, we talked uh, earlier about how students can express themselves through poetry, but is, is there something special about learning a poem by heart? Well, 
it's putting yourself into the person's shoes and feeling achievement when you remember a part or parts of the poem. And just when you perform it, you're putting all of the parts together and it just blends so nicely. No, it's a, it's a good way of putting it. And do you, do you think that when you learn a poem by heart that it'll almost stay with you for life, really? Well, yeah, because it was always be in the back of your mind that, oh, yeah, I remembered that poem or them words were really great. I'll put them into this piece of writing. And it just helps with everything. And Zoe Lee, how do you feel when you're reciting a poem? It gives me just joy and I feel really proud of myself and that after all this hard work, it can finally all come together. Good answer. I like that, Zoe Lee. Uh, Kira, same question for you as well. You know, when you're reciting a poem, how do you feel, first of all, when, when, you're, when you're doing that? Well, poetry has always meant a lot to me. Ever since I was very young, I've always loved reading and performing literature and poetry. And I think that a lot of people really feel that they can express themselves with poetry and they can really come out of their shell which is what really helped me with a lot of performing when I was younger and it still has helped me to this day. Kerry you mentioned about performing do, do you feel that reciting a poem is is different to performing it? No not at all um, in competitions such as poetry by heart I feel you really have to assure that you let the poem and the word speak and not you or your body language because although it may be very difficult not to perform it and act it, you really you really have to use the words and use your tone to really, really tell the audience the meaning and the tone behind the poem. No, I like that. I like that. So, so it's less about the drama and more about the poem speaking for itself, you mean? Yes. Okay, now we've got Isla with us as well. Hello, Isla. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Now, Isla, you've participated in the whole school poetry competition and I understand that you're one of the winners as well. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. Okay. So tell us what you feel are the benefits of doing all of this, first of all. Well, I really like doing this because I felt like... So I'm a bit shy on stage sometimes, but um, when we were performing it in chapel, um, it got me out of my comfort zone. And when I did it, and when I was performing it in front of people... Um, it felt it felt really good because it felt like a step up um, from what I normally do. Um, and so I just think the benefits of this doing this were like to get out of your comfort zone um, and to really express yourself. Because when you're actually doing it, then you, you actually really enjoy it. So Awesome. I love that. Isla, if I asked you to introduce your poem to us right now, would you be able to do that? Yes. So I'm going to be reading Travel by Edna St. Vincent Millay. The railroad track is miles away, and the day is loud with voices speaking. Yet there isn't a train goes by all day, but I hear its whistle shrieking. All night there isn't a train goes by, though the night is still for sleep and dreaming. But I see its cinders red on the sky, and I hear its engines steaming. My heart is warm with the friends I make, and better friends I'll not be knowing. Yet there isn't a train I wouldn't take, no matter where it's going. Isla, that's great. That's awesome. What is it about this poem that appeals to you? Well, when I was picking it, obviously I like the title. That's why I um, continued to read through it. But I just, I just think it's quite interesting because I don't think it's, for me, my, my perspective of it is that I don't think it's just about, obviously it's not about trains. It's about the, the freedom that she has, possibly. And I just think 
the way she's written it is really, really clever. Um, and that intrigued me to perform it and interpret in m the way I think it would mean. So. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Isla. That's, that's, that's very good of you. So another volunteer then to read their poem. Jasmine, how about you? So I will be um, reading The Witch by Mary Elizabeth Coleridge. I have walked a great while over the snow and I am not tall nor strong. My clothes are wet and my teeth are set and the way was hard and long. I have wandered over the fruitful earth but I've never come here before. Who lifts me over the threshold and lets me in at the door? The cutting wind's a cruel foe. I dare not stand at the blast. My hands are stone and my voice a groan. And the worst of death is past. I am the little maiden still. My little white feet are sore. Who lifts me over the threshold and lets me in at the door? Her voice was the voice that women have, who plead for their heart's desire. She came, she came, and the quivering flame sunk and died in the fire. It nevels lit again on my hearth, since I hurried across the floor to lift her over the threshold and let her in at the door. Jasmine, that was awesome. That's fantastic. Now, tell me how you feel when you are actually reciting that. I feel a bit of um, sympathy for this girl as she seems quite desperate and she seems um, very weak as she's done a lot of travels to get to this threshold. No, I can, I can pick up on that. I can pick up on that. But I love the emphasis that you put into all of this. Uh, I, I, love the, uh, I love the drive that you put into delivering that. So thank you for that. That's awesome. Thank you. Okay, Zoe Lee, can we hear yours? I'll be reading Mushrooms by Sylvia Plath. Overnight, very whitely, discreetly, very quietly, our toes, our noses, take hold on the loam, acquire the air. Nobody sees us, stops us, betrays us. The small grains make room. Soft fists insist on heaving the needles, the leafy bedding, even the paving, our hammers, our rams, earless and eyeless, perfectly voiceless. Widen the crannies, shoulder through holes. We diet on water, on crumbs of shadow, bland mannered, asking little or nothing. So many of us, so many of us. We are shelves, we are tables, we are meek, we are edible. Nudges and shovers, in spite of ourselves, our kind multiplies. We shall by morning inherit the earth. Our foot's in the door. Oh, I love that. Fantastic. Zoe Lee, what, what would you say is your favourite part of that? My favourite part? I would say the final verse where it says, we shall by morning inherit the earth, our foot's in the door, because that just feels so powerful to me. And that after all of the hard work and the hiding in the shadows, they can come out and finally spread. Awesome. I love that. That's great. Thank you for that, Zoe Lee. So Kira, I'd love to hear your poem. Do you mind reading yours out to us? 
Yes, I will be reading Sonnet 130 by the amazing William Shakespeare. Um, I just wanted to mention beforehand that um, the reason why I chose this poem was firstly because like, I adore Shakespeare's work. I'm like, a, I'm like a Shakespeare super fan. And also because I really find this poem like really humorous. Um, and hopefully you can tell by sort of the lines and the words in the poem. Okay, well, let's hear it. This sounds fantastic. My mistress's eyes are nothing like the sun. Coral is far more red than her lips red. If snow be white, why then her breasts are done. If hairs be wires, black wires grow on her head. I've seen roses demasked, red and white, but no such roses see I in her cheeks. And in some perfumes is there more delight than in the breath that's from my mistress reeks. I love to hear her speak, Yet well I know that music hath a far more pleasing sound. I grant I never saw a goddess go. My mistress, when she walks, treads on the ground. And yet, by heaven, I think my love as rare as any she belied with false compare. Fantastic. Thank you for that, Kira. It's great to hear a bit of Shakespeare, but I'm going to ask if you can summarise what that is about, because I imagine that some of the people that are listening to this right now, uh, including the person that you're speaking to right now, i.e. me, probably need a bit of help in understanding what this is about as a summary. Yes. Um, so it is from Shakespeare's sets of sonnets, and this is from the sector um, about the Dark Lady. And she is, at this point, um, Shakespeare's lover. And in this sonnet, he is talking about how, although she isn't perfect and how she doesn't line up with societal beauty standards, she, he still loves her so, so much. And he's, she still means so much to him. Awesome. Great summary. That really is. Uh, what we're going to do is to put a link to each of these poems in the show notes, or, or even we may even get the chance to put the actual words into the show notes. So people who are listening to this right now will be able to read those words there as well. Excellent. Thank you for that, Kira. Uh, who'd like to go next? So I'll be doing Captive Bird by Boethius. Thank you, Emmy. That's very kind of you. This bird was happy once in the high trees. You cage it in your cellar, bring it seed. Honey to sip, it's all its heart can need. Or human love can think of, till it sees. Leaping too high within its narrow room, the old familiar shadow of the leaves. It spurns the seed with tiny desperate claws, not the woods despairing pleads. The woods, the woods again, it grieves, it grieves, it grieves. Wow, well done, Emmy. Well done, Emmy. That's that's excellently read. Tell me what it is about this poem that appeals to you then. I like the fact that it's... Because it might be literally saying about a bird, but I like the fact that it might have a secret meaning behind it um, that... That's what I quite like about the poem. Awesome. Emmy, I love that. Thank you for reading that to us today. Now, I've got one last question. Uh, I, I don't know who's going to answer this at all, but, but I understand that as a, as a new project, uh, you've decided to do a group poem. Is that right? We are doing a group poem, which is called Your Attention, Please, by Peter Porter. This is about a four-minute warning, and this is about us saying um, different characters saying in different ways. 
Um, for some, it may be official, decisive, military. Um, another is nurturing, motherly, helpful, so trying to be quite reassuring. Or there's blue, which is delighted, positive, overjoyed, um, so they're really happy. So they're saying this um, really depressing lines um, quite happily. And then, then there's some parts where we say it all together. Awesome. Thank you for that, Jasmine. And uh, is, is this going to be more tricky, the fact that you're doing this as, as a group project? It can be, as sometimes you are saying it all together, especially after someone else has spoken. No, I'm sure. I'm sure you're right, Jasmine. Now, Ben, I understand as well that we're going to be hearing this group poem. So just tell us a little bit about it before we hear from three of the girls reading it out. Yeah, we thought that we had a discussion about what we'd like to do as a group piece, um, because Poetry by Heart encourages quite creative responses to things. And we thought we'd do something really quite terrifying and dark. So this is, in fact, a satirical poem uh, using uh, the voice of an announcement by Peter Porter. And it is about the what we used to call the four minute warning, the, uh, uh, the, the idea that there's going to be a nuclear war. Um, it's very political, therefore. And uh, I think it was uh, it was the choice we settled on. Fantastic. Well, let's hear from our three girls reading this out now, then. Your Attention, Please, by Peter Porter. The Polar Dew has just warned that a nuclear rocket strike of... At least 1,000 megatons... ...has been launched by the enemy. Directly at our major cities. This announcement will take... Two and a quarter minutes... ...to make. You therefore have a further... Eight and a quarter minutes to comply with the shelter requirements published in the Civil Defence Code section Atomic Attack. A especially shortened mass will be broadcast at the end of this announcement. Protestant and Jewish services will begin simultaneously. Select your wavelength immediately according to instructions in the Defence Code. Do not take well-loved pets, including birds, into your shelter. They will consume fresh air. Leave the old and bed ridden. You can do nothing for them. Remember to press the ceiling switch when everyone is in the shelter. Set the radiation aerial. Turn on the Geiger barometer. Turn off your television now. Turn off your radio immediately. The services end. At the same time, secure explosion plugs in the ears of each member of your family. Take down your plasma flasks. Give your children the pills marked 1 and 2 in the CD green container, then put them to bed. Do not break the inside airlock seals until the radiation all clear shows. Watch for the cuckoo in your Perspex panel or your district touring doctor rings your bell. If before this your air becomes exhausted or if any of your family is critically injured, administer the capsules marked Valley Forge, red pocket in number one survival kit for painless death. Catholics will have been instructed by their priests what to do in this eventuality. This announcement is ending. Our president has already given orders for massive retaliation. It will be decisive. Some of us may die. 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 Remember, statistically, it is not likely to be you. All flags are flying fully dressed on government buildings. The sun is shining. Death is the least we have to fear. We are all in the hands of God. God. Whatever happens, happens by his will. Now, now go, go quickly, quickly to your shelters. shelters. 
Bravo, all three of you. That was fantastic. So that's uh, Isla and Zoe Lee and Jasmine. Thank you, all three of you, for, for reading that. A great poem, a great announcement. Uh, very much enjoyed listening to that. So thank you. And I'm keeping an eye on time. We need to bring this podcast episode to a close. But uh, for, uh, for a brief moment, I'd love to come back to Mr. Coulthard. Ben, it's it's been great hearing from from all of the pupils here about not not just the poetry that they're that they're reciting, but the enthusiasm that's coming through in their voice for it. Where, where does that actually come from? I mean, is this normal at Farrington's? Oh, it's a divine mystery. But the truth of the matter is that I learn from it. I, I really do learn about the poems and what I think's going on in them, um, in a way that is really helpful to. Uh, open them up, n- not to let my attitude to them be closed. And you know what? That actually helps me as a teacher because you inevitably have a set idea, even if you don't want to, about pieces of writing sometimes. Actually, uh, they don't realise it, but I'm the learner, frankly. No, I love that. I love that. Well, it's been great speaking to everyone here today. Uh, but Mr Coulthard, first of all, a big thank you to you. Thank you. And to Jasmine, Zoe Lee, Emmy, Kira, and Isla, a big thank you to all of you as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that was Jasmine, Zoe Lee, Emmy, Kira, Isla, and of course, Mr. Ben Coulthard talking all about poetry at Farrington's. Now, if you're anything at all like me, you'll be wishing that your own experience of poetry at school could have been like that. I thought that was amazing. A big thank you to everyone who contributed to this episode. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.